You're listening to the FSA Podcast with your host, Brent Cromer. What's going on, guys? I'm Brent, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Ray. Sean, why don't you tell him what's up? What's going on? Pleasure to be here. Don't know what you want want me to say about myself. Sean is an absolute uh, OG in the industry. He's been around for about 100 years. He he knows all the OG Tony Robbins. He knows all of everything that's ever been put out. So, Sean, um, why don't you give a a little bit of background information on who you are, what you do, and where you come from? Oh, God. How long have you got? Um, So, first off, I'm old. So, uh, being 40 is like a a veteran uh, in sales industry. So I've been in sales for like 13 years uh, so far. I hope to stay in it a lot longer. Um, but before that, I was a police officer for uh, about 12 years. I um, got out after going to uh, a big multi-speaker event where Donald Trump was a headline speaker. Wow. And just something he said just resonated. And I was like, do you know what? As a police officer, I'm never going to be able to live that kind of life. So I got uh, I transitioned into personal training. I think most sales reps that I know that are any decent in the industry have like been personal trainers first, Never gone into fitness, and then they've kind of developed their career through that way. So got into uh, personal training, realized that I didn't like the training piece. It was more kind of like the head piece, really, the mindset piece that I really enjoyed the most. Right. Um, and then I started on uh, the Rich Dad Poor Dad team. So I was there for about... Oh, nice. Nearly two years. So we were literally traveling the globe, just really teaching people real estate education, uh, mainly for the UK market. Um, so that was one of my know, first books I read. Uh, in high, yeah, in high school, man, I was obsessed with that book. I would tell all my friends, I didn't know anything about real estate, but I was like, dude, it's all about investing. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what I was talking about. It's like, it's one of those books that everyone in this space had to have read. Right. It's, it's just like, you know, the cornerstone. Um, and then um, once I left that team, uh, I got headhunted by an affiliate marketing. So I was in affiliate marketing space for about four years, man. So like I worked with a very, very large company at the time, uh, which shall remain nameless. Um, and again, just spent four years just traveling. Um, so I was preview speaker, seminar speaker, back of room sales. Um, and you know, one hotel just kind of leads into another. So I just kind of left that. So six years after doing events, uh, being a seminar speaker, you know, you get paid very well, but you're never home. So um, made the made the, made the mistake um, of just kind of being out there too long, really. You know, you kind of get to that period of time where you just, and you've probably been through it yourself, like you just get burnt out and you just like, right, I've got to, I've got to go do something different. So I didn't know too much about the, uh, the kind of high ticket space at that point. So I dived in got introduced to a few people, started to build a network. And then six years later, here I am. Um, But yeah, there's nothing I haven't sold. No one I haven't sold for. (laughs) So I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. But uh, I think if you can kind of, I suppose, be around the industry as long as I have, it's only because you've got the kind of grit and determination to stay in it. So I think the high ticket sales industry um as big as it is right is is actually very tight knit um you know guys i just just for some some background info some context like sean and i have been working together um you know he's here with us at c4f he's one of our head coaches uh and our coo but i uh 
I don't know his full background, right? I only know what led him to working with us. So like kind of learning his full background uh, during this interview is going to be really interesting because I feel like he's done a little bit of anything and everything. And um, I think he knows every person on like a first name basis in the entire high ticket sale industry, which is again, very large. Um, I don't think you remain a viable person in this industry, given how much like everybody talks, unless you're very good and very talented at what you do. So I would say yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, you um, you don't last very long um, and word gets around if you're not good at what you do. Sure. Um, but uh, I, I think for me, the, the best thing I did early on was create a network of people um, because I realized very, very quickly that it doesn't necessarily like matter how good you are it matters how well connected you are for sure. And so you never get on these like really, really high ticket offers unless you're, you're in the right community with the right people and being coached by the right people as well. Exactly. I think that's massively key. Um, especially these days because people want to know where you've come from mm -hmm. to really understand how you sell. So it's, uh, if you can drop as many names as you can, then it's always, it's always a good day at the office. That's, that's a really interesting take too, because, it's funny how many people get introduced as, oh, he worked with so-and-so or they were on so-and-so's team, right? Yeah. And instantly it builds like that, that no like and trust factor because you're like, oh, shit. Like they yeah. know what they're doing. That's a, that's a very high-level team. I, I, I can only imagine what they know, right? Yeah, massively. And, I, you know, I've been in recruitment for about a year and a half as well as part of what I do. Um, and, you know, finding the right people's it's always difficult because you're, you're kind of you know, the people that you want mm -hmm. are always typically, you know, on offers. Um, but Funny how again, that yeah. Right. <laughs> um, they're always well sought after, well headhunted, but you won't get to them unless you're in their network. Mm -hmm. So it's all, it's like a whole industry based around trust. It's yep. so weird. It's so, so strange. It's like business owners when they get to a certain level, it's all network, all of it. Yep. Um, it matters who you've learned from, who knows you, who's referred you. Uh, otherwise, you just don't get business. You just don't. It's just so funny, too, because, you know, going into like the high ticket space, um, first off, meeting you, right? You're across the pond. Like, it, it's like most people I talk to and I work with are not even in this country. Um, you know, they're either in Canada, Mexico, UK, Australia. Australia is massive yeah. for, for remote sales. So it's just, uh, it's so interesting to see everybody's culture and where everybody comes. Yeah, yeah it is. And uh, I think the, the the grassroots of coming into high ticket space are the, are the same though. I, I do feel like it matters who you learn with initially and who you network with initially as well. And I think yeah. those two things, if you can focus on those two things when you first come in, um, you'll do quite well. Sure. Um, obviously, the rest of it comes down to skill <laughs> and how good you are. But it, it, it's that it's that shortcut, isn't it? It's it's most of the investments that I've made have been for proximity. They haven't been necessarily for skill. So it's just being next to that person, which gives me access to that person. And then I can network with that community. So it's very much so I think if you come into this understanding that you're you're running a business, which is essentially you, mm -hmm. um, you'll you'll do much better. Like, sure. you know, when you came in, um, you know, coming from a W2 background, right? So right. it's like, well, right, right. where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> that, and, was a, that was a big question. Well, and I think it's good to talk about because a lot of people that will listen to this will just be entering the space mm -hmm. 
And I also find as well that fitness is a good proving ground for people coming into the space because it, it really, I think if you can sell fitness, you can sell anything. I genuinely do because it's a non ROI offer and it's typically anywhere between what two to six K on average. So it's not like high, high ticket. Um, it's, it's a good entry level with a good chunk of change that you can, you know, kind of get your teeth into, but it really tests you on so many different facets of the industry as well. Um, I mean, we had this conversation today, like you can't just be a person that just opens up a diary and takes inbound calls. You have to be able to do outbound DM. You have to be able to do email. You have to be good at follow up, good at pipeline. There's so many different skills that you're tested on in this level, um, that will, either make you or break you i think to be honest and 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 that's just the thing is like these these um you know obviously this whole podcast is is directed towards like online fit pros like when they're starting their business like you're everything um you know people people come to us all the time and they say you know i, w- I want to be that ceo right mm-hmm. and and it's so fun to like put ceo in your bio and tell everybody you're ceo and works at ceo for <laughs> you know on your little facebook uh yeah bio but uh, I, I think there's so much more that goes into that, right? It's yeah. like you're CEO, but like 4% of the time, yeah. the other 96%, you're the DMer, you're yeah. the triager, you're the VA, you're yeah. the sales manager, you're the sale, you're the closer. Yeah. Um, so like earning yeah. up to like that CEO status is in making that like the majority of what you do, I think is, is um, like a really interesting concept, right? Yeah. I think the industry's the industry as a whole is, has gone off in a tangent that's not realistic. And I think that a lot of fit pros coming to the market, um, I don't know, you believe what you want to believe, right? And so a lot of the marketing is, oh, it's easy, you know, 10K. And, and yeah, you know, there's a lot of that out there with that, that kind of messaging, but it's, it's far from the truth. Mm-hmm. You know, there is a period of what we would call the suck that you need to go through to earn that CEO status. I mean, yeah. anyone can call themselves a CEO. Like anyone can call themselves an influencer. Well, form an LLC but, and you're, you're, you're the right? CEO, right? Put it exactly. everywhere. Exactly. I can do it for like 20 bucks or whatever it is. Um, it means nothing, you know, absolutely means nothing. And I think one of the things I'd, I think would be really beneficial for a lot of fit pros kind of seeing this is, is kind of that, that step-by-step process. Uh, And I think you can speak to this more than me because like, you know, this is like what you've done for goodness of how many years now. So like, yeah, I suppose what would help like fit pros come into the industry? Like step one, what would it be? I think coming into the industry is, um, you know, it's, it's expectations, right? Mm. Good point. Because as as a fitness coach or someone aspiring to be an online fitness coach, you're going to be flooded with um, a certain level of marketing. And most of the time, it's going to be tailored towards make 10K, right? Make your first 10K and immediately in your head, right? You think, damn, 10,000 times 12 months, it's 120,000 a year. I'm making yeah. 70 a year. That's amazing. What the hell? What am I doing? Yeah. Um but the, the expectations um, have to be managed there. And there, there comes like that, the suck, right? That you talk about mm-hmm. where people, one, they'll, they'll, they'll spend four or five months trying to get to that 10K mm-hmm. and trying and trying and trying. And some people will get there, some people don't. But then when people do get there, it's like, it's mm-hmm. like when you, when you, when you hit the, the top of that mountain, then you look up and you're like, oh shit, there's a mm-hmm. much bigger mountain, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and we can, we mean, can go ahead. We've seen that a lot though, haven't we? Like, you know, if you're, I don't want to say an influencer because I think <laughs> I don't like that term at all. I think if you're in the fitness industry and you have a following, mm-hmm. I think your first 10 K is relatively easy. I think that when you've just kind of launched an offer, you've got an audience of people that know, like, trust you and getting to 10 K, you know, is relatively simple. You know, you put an offer out there, you take some calls, you know, most fit pros don't charge, you know, what they should be charging, but that's a whole new, that's a whole new podcast, but essentially five sales and you're there. Um, so it doesn't take a lot to make that first 10 K. And and this is where I think a lot of fit pros kind of really, like you said, coming back to expectations, I'll be able to do this every month. No, (laughs) you got lucky. And now you're going to start like eating into your organic mm-hmm. and literally every single month you just burn, burn, burn leads, burn, burn, burn your organic, burn, burn, burn your reach. And then 10 K becomes like climbing Everest. It becomes an impossible exactly. task. And you're further um, away from that CEO yep. status. The, the more 100%. we, what do we call it? We call it, you know, shoveling coal, right? Like you're running a business. That's a, it's a big clunky, ugly steam powered engine. It's smoking up the room. It's totally inefficient. It's burning nope. fuel. And you're sitting there and you're shoveling coal into this thing. You're sweating your ass off and you're like, no, yeah. 10 K. <laughs> yeah. Look, look at this. This is great. Yeah. I right. mean, I, I'm not going to name any names and, and neither will you, but a lot of the, I suppose fit pro coaches that are out there right now, like mm-hmm. I can easily get a 10 K case study from someone like in month one or two, fairly easy. Just, just create a CTA for a group of people that are following you, take some calls and then close some deals. Yep. So freaking simple. Taking but on you, five overweight yep. moms that want to lose 30 pounds by Monday. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Put this calling card on your thing, take some calls. You're good to go. And for most fit pros that have got a decent following that are fairly engaged, mm-hmm. it's not difficult. It just isn't. However, what it does give you is this false expectation that you will be able to achieve that every single month. Yep. Like that is not a business yet. And it's just the first run in the ladder. Mm-hmm. But I think we, we've said it to a lot of fit pros that have kind of come our way. It's like, well, go do that first, get it out of your system yep. because you know, rule number one for me in sales is whatever you believe is the truth and whatever I say is both BS. And you won't believe me until you've kind of been through it. Yep. It's so like it's like, major, right? 100%, right? It's just, okay, go do that. Mm-hmm. And then let's kind of keep the conversation going. When you do realize that you don't quite have a business, then let's talk. Mm-hmm. Because you'll just think, oh my God, I've got 20,000 followers. I must be like sat on millions of dollars. Uh, no, <laughs> no. Just, no. <laughs> and and, and what, what Sean just for the audience as well like what, what Sean means by like you don't have a business you you have you have something that's making money but you're an employee right yeah. and not even just like a basic employee you're everything and like I said about four percent of the time you're the CEO where you get to make high level decisions mm-hmm. so when 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 Sean's referen- referencing a business and this is why you know everything that we do is we preach 30K, right? And yeah. sometimes people give a shit and they're like, well, yeah, why not 50? Why not 100, right? Like you can keep pushing that needle higher, but there's there's a real methodology behind that, right? Like where 10K, you are effectively your own employee and you'll remain your own employee because you're not making enough to really hire out and you're, you're, you're too busy to 
to want to keep doing this on your own. Right. Yeah. So you're, you're stuck. Right. Yeah. So that's why, you know, we, we talk, Sean and I, we, we talk about 30 K 30 K a month because that's the sweet spot. 30 K yeah. relatively still pretty simple to hit when you have the right systems, right. That can mm -hmm. seem like a mountain to most people like, Whoa, 30 K a month. Are you kidding me? Right. Mm -hmm. When you have the right systems, it, it's a pretty casual thing. You just yeah. have to keep a close eye on it to make sure that you're, you know, you're not riding any big waves and doing the ups, ups and downs. But anyway, all that to say, right. And I'll kick it back to Sean, but 30 K allows you to be CEO, maybe 50, 60, 70% of the time. Now you have a business, you have people under you, you have people that are, you're delegating tasks to. Now mm -hmm. you get to be CEO. Now you get to go take vacations. You don't take vacations at 10 K a month. It's just, it's, there's no. too much at stake, right? No. No, no, but it's 30K with a high cash collected as well. Exactly. I mean, how many times do we see contracted versus cash collected? It can be big. big typically big. what we see with most people that we've come kind of come across, they pitch 4K, 3K, whatever it is, but they're taking payment plans. They're not taking full pays. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, my belief is that you have kind of like a sales problem at this point because you're inability to close the deal at the at the actual value point that it is essentially what you're saying to customers by pitching payment plans straight out the gate is the fact that it's not as valuable as i as, as i'm as i believe it to be so i have more conviction in the payment plan than i do in the paid for and quite often it's kind of a big switch for a lot of people like just going it's 3k and just selling it at that number oh it seems you know but, but sean what if what if uh what if they get price shocked Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't want them to know. We don't want them to do basic math and times whatever you're pitching by twelve. Uh, we <laughs> just just get better at sales. Like, uh, you know, I I can't. I mean, I've been in this business thirteen years. It's a mm -hmm. long time, and you know, most people that will watch this probably were in nappies at the time. But for me, like, right, your sales skills are, are everything. Because if you can't make it work, then how can you teach someone else to make it work? Your business is always going to be payment plans are us. It will never be what you need and want it to be. So when we say 30K, we're talking about a really high cash collection, really high cash collection. Because otherwise, you're not going to have the resources that you need for marketing, systems processes people yep. you know the things that make the business work when you step up to that level exactly. so you have to become you know a master at sales before you even contemplate bringing anyone else in and we have this conversation a lot and daily. a lot of yeah, daily and it's like don't be in a hurry to outsource your sales like just don't no it's not in your best interest to do so straight away you're giving 10 12 15 away which your business cannot afford to do right now yep. you need to get to 30k on your own yep. consistently and when we say consistently for at least three months in a row at least you know and that's what we need to see and you know the what's the main reason people want to outsource sales right I mean, give me, give me, give me two or three good reasons, Sean. Why, if I'm a fit pro and I'm online and I want to outsource sales before I'm doing 30 K myself, why, why would that be? What are some reasons? They're afraid of it. They haven't got the skills. They haven't got the confidence. They haven't got the conviction. It all comes down to your, your, your ability to sell. And it's just massively lack of confidence, lack of structure, lack of process, 
Um, and 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 really, I suppose it, it comes down to the inability to really pitch with conviction and pitch with confidence. Yeah. And when I only use the word pitch because it's what everybody knows, but right. I don't typically like that kind of verbiage. But when typically when we kind of see a lot of fit pros, they, it's like they always pitch the payment plan because they just don't have the confidence in themselves to kind of actually, you know, collect the amount of cash that they're worth. Um, but it really comes down to lack of process, lack of courage, lack of confidence, lack of structure. You know, you should be having the same conversation over and over and over, and it should be boring. Just plug and play. I mean, plug we are not, this is not Grant Cardone. This is not like we're not in your face. This is cool and casual. I've done this four times today, right? <laughs> it's worked yep. three of them. I'm going to keep doing it. The, the yep. other side of that coin too, Sean, right? Like I, I think there's two main reasons that people would want to outsource sales before they're ready, right? One, they're not totally comfortable doing it on their own and they're getting frustrated and they want to get into that CEO level faster mm -hmm. than, than what maybe would be recommended, right? Mm -hmm. The other reason is, is they're burnt out, right? Mm -hmm. They're burnt out because they're, they're, they're wearing all the hats, yep. right? And when you're booking all of these calls, and you're getting on the calls and you're exhausted and you just got four no's in a row and like you're cringing on like the next pitch. You're like wincing in pain. Like when you tell them what, it, what it's going to cost, right? Mm -hmm. You're exhausted because you're booked a close ratio and we can, we can dive into all of that. But basically you're booking a lot of calls for maybe not a lot of people to show and then for not a lot of people to say yes. And then for some of the people to say yes and then quit and want a refund, like that's mm -hmm. exhausting. Yeah, it is. But it's only exhausting because you haven't got a process for it. Exactly. And so, you know, systems work, people fail. And it's something that I wish I could just tattoo. <laughs> I haven't got any space for any tattoos. But <laughs> like, you know, I can't think about how many times a day I say it. But your sales conversation should be boring because mm -hmm. they should be the same every single time. Yep. Without consistency, your business will not last six months. It just mm -hmm. won't. And how much churn do we see in the fit pro industry? Because people have not got systems and processes, yep. especially ones that actually work. Now sure. you can, you can take that on board. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to go and implement a whole bunch of systems. You're going to have to go through a massive amount of exper experimentation to make that work yep. because you don't know what you don't know. And I hate saying it, but it's probably one of the truest things that I'll ever say to anyone that I coach. Mm -hmm. You will never know what questions to ask if you've not been there before. Right. And it's like trying to search Google. You have no idea what questions to ask to get the right outcome because mm -hmm. you've never been there and you can't work backwards from a place you've never been. So without those systems and processes, you will constantly feel like you're fighting a losing battle and you will lose. 100% guarantee you will lose. You might get lucky for a little bit of time, but eventually you will just, you'll, you'll max out, you'll tap out. And it's the same then, with any business, right? I mean, it's yeah. the same with the, take, I mean, you can even go on like the most simplest of forms, like take a, a, a freaking grocery store, right? If you're not managing your inventory, you're not managing your sales process, your checkout process, whatever it is. Like mm -hmm. if you're consistently not sure of what's in stock, people are going to come less and less and less. Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's knowing all of your metrics. And then of course, like we talk about sales and it's like, but Sean, I'm already good at sales, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm selling at 50%. Uh, people love me. Uh, 
it, but sales goes so much further than one than just the close, right? That's that's the first step. Okay. Now you have to sell them on your program, like now that they're in, and then continuing their program. And then mm-hmm. when financial times get tough, now you have to sell them on con- continuing despite the financial, you know, hardship. And mm-hmm. then when it all comes to an end and their contracts up, now you have to resell for the resign for another period of time. Like the initial sale is is a, just a, like a, a fraction of what's actually required as far as skills, yeah. uh, sales but, skills go. But again, like if, if we, if we really look at it and I mean, I, I personally have spoken to thousands of business owners throughout my career, not many business owners know their numbers. Like mm-hmm. if anyone's listening right now, do you know your metrics, right? It would be the first thing I'll say to you. And the reason is, is because you cannot make decisions in your business if you don't have the data. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're just guessing you're hoping that something works out at some point. And, Crossing the fingers. and I, yeah, I'm like, I hope that I make this money next month. Well, why don't you just turn that into data and go, okay, this month I made 30K. I, this many calls got booked. This many calls showed up. This many calls were closed at this percentage. Sure. So I know if I want to make 40K, I've got to increase my call bookings by X, do this, do Y, and I get, I, and I get the result at the back end. Why would you not want to know that? And and I think that plays into though is like, and you know I've been a victim early on, and 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 you know, being a business owner, I'm sure you have, and everybody else has who who's on like anybody who's on commission based sales or, or running a small business. Like, you have a great month, and then you go into the next month, you're like, can I do it again? Right? Yep. Can I repeat? Yep. And it's like it's like sports teams, right? Can we can we repeat? Can we have like a similar season? It's like yeah. that thought it'll fade away when once you have the data to support that, right? If you can objectively look at your numbers and say, this is what we did the last three months, we're trending in a really good direction, right? What, why would that change? Right. It just relieves so much anxiety. It's a good point though. It's a good point though, because if you're starting the month going, can I do it again? You've already lost. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I feel like you've already lost is because you have no confidence that you can. Yep. The data gives you the confidence that you can repeat that. And so by knowing your numbers, it's fucking, it's part of my friends. It's less stressful. It is just less stressful. Exactly. I know that my business can do this because I'm seeing the data and it's going, it's trending in the right direction. And if it's not though, like you can say, Hey, December, right? December, I'm focusing on this because I saw this KPI drop. So that means I'm going to place a larger emphasis here and see what that does. And if you're, if you're not doing that, that's where you can look back and, um, and it's okay, by the way, it's okay because, you know, a lot of, a lot of you guys come to us to kind of, um, play Docker and fix things up and that's fine. That's what we do. That's what we're here Mm -hmm. for. But you know, that that's, that's kind of how that moment happens when you have that, Oh shit moment. You're like, Whoa. Yeah. Where did things start tapering off? And yep. usually once they start tapering off, it's a pretty linear direction in the wrong way. Yeah. Because right? it, it's okay. I mean, firstly, get a CRM system, please. For the yep. love of God, get a CRM system, track all of your marketing data, all of your sales data, everything. Like, please do that. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, <laughs> take track your freaking numbers away and meticulously watch them. However, there is a phase two to this because if I'm seeing numbers, what are they telling me? How do I interpret them 
and what yeah. solution do I need to improve them? It's a very odd language. <laughs> is a whole new, whole new conversation, mm -hmm. which is where people like us come in because we know the data, we've seen the patterns, and we know exactly what's going to happen, yeah. and we know exactly how to fix it. So again, you can take the next twelve months experimenting, figuring out what those numbers mean, or just you know do what every good entrepreneur does and just take the shortcut. It's your ignorance tax. You're going to pay it one way or the other. Either make the investment and get someone to help you out, or you lose a bunch of money trying to figure it out, by which time you'll go broke and the business will go on. Exactly. And, and, and when you're taking that second path, you're losing two very valuable uh, resources, right? That's time and money. Yeah. Now, the money, it's not going to sting as bad because it's 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 you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? And you don't know how much you actually lost, but you're left with that thought of what if. Yeah. Right? I think we've all had like that. What if thought, like, what if I just, I, I think this all the time, right? Like my whole background was like healthcare and this, and you know, and I, I always think, Whoa, right. If, if we could build this in the time that we have, what would have happened if I just went straight into sales? What if I tossed out my, my degrees, right. And I went straight into sales. Yep. So like, that's that thought that you're, you're going to have as a business owner, yeah. right. Is just yeah. wondering, damn, another year snuck by. Yep. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, so the first thing really for any new fit pros is, is data tracking is essential. Like the second is get really good at sales, like phenomenally good at sales yep. because like without sales, there is no revenue. So, and, and it's funny that you should say, um, and I'm going to kind of get on my soapbox for a second because I think I've earned the right after 13 years of like doing <laughs> this ahead, stuff. Go off. Like when people say that like I'm already good at sales, it's the wrong attitude to have. 100%. There is infinitely more. This isn't a game you will ever win. Sales I'm already will be strong, right? Why would I go to the gym? I'm already strong. Yeah, right? sales will, sales been, has been here before you and it will be here after you. So you cannot win it. You just can't. No. You can keep on getting better at it. Now, typically what we see is people with a high close rate, you're selling more payment plans than paying fulls. Mm -hmm. You're the reason why you're selling so high is because you're so cheap. Mm -hmm. Right. So, and it's, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. Right. And a lot of what we see is not your fault. However, once you're smacked in the face with the data and you can see which, which way your business is, is, is trending, you will see that you have a sales problem. hundred percent. Everything comes back to sales, everything. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're closing at a really high rate, say 80%, right? You're too cheap, all right? Or you're selling payment plans. Yep. And, and that, that's typically what it comes down to. You do not have the courage and the conviction and the confidence to go, yeah, I'm going to start charging 4K instead of two because you're, you fear like you know, losing sales. I would much rather, and I'm sure you're the same, would take less people at a higher price point. Oh, like who yeah. watching this... <laughs> podcast would rather work less and get paid more right that, that's what it comes down to is like the efficiency of it all right yeah. it's like because you know what another thing you know sean is, is sort of referencing here is like you know we, we're both very much in the idea and the mindset like extreme ownership right what can i do to make this situation better even though i didn't cause it it might not be my fault it is my problem, my problem. so what can i do to solve that problem and it always comes back to sales because it, it, take take this for instance sean 
how many clients, I, I think I showed you the data the other day, how many clients have booked less than 15 calls this month and are above 30K, some in the 40s and 50s, oh, right? <laughs> it's, it's phenomenal. It's like, it's, it's not, if you feel like it's a lead problem, there's a good chance it's not. Take the extreme ownership and saying, man, maybe it's actually me. Maybe it's my sales process. Because if you're generating anywhere from 10 to 15 leads, you should be at 15 to 30,000 or above in co uh, contracted revenue, mm -hmm. right? It's not yeah. a lead problem, typically. Now, some people are like listening to that going, what the fuck? Like, right. but <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously. It I can doesn't, pull it up. I can, I can share my well, screen. I can't wait to go through it. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't take a lot to get, you know, to a high revenue business. It takes a mastery of a skill, which is sales. Yep. Like get really good at sales before building a team. Like you cannot build a team before you get good at sales because you're on the back foot. You're, you're, you're kind of spending from a depleted bucket that's leaking. Mm -hmm. And so it's if you can put yourself in the absolutely best possible position before you bring someone else in, and this is why we, we say a 30, 30K threshold mm -hmm. um, for at least three months uh, because that's what it's going to take for you to be able to start to scale yep. like and i would challenge anyone any like fit bro coach or any business coach that is contrary to that idea you do not have the resources to market you do not have the resources to build a team to pay a team to consistently mm -hmm. you know and think about it as well if you bring in a sales rep too soon like they're commission only they can't afford to feed themselves, close themselves, keep a roof over their head. It's unfair. You just added a whole nother mouth to feed, right? Even though it's not your family, like you're, you, that's a mouth that you have to feed and you have to take responsibility for. Responsibility, exactly. It's extreme ownership. Yep. So, you know, anyone that's thinking about outsourcing their sales, if you're not 30K for at least three months, don't do it. And the other piece to that is two pieces, right? You can hire DMers, you can't hire a VA. Like that's not off limits, right? I, I recommend it. And we can, again, at a certain phase, at a certain time, at a certain threshold. Um, but the closer specifically, yeah. we recommend waiting to that 30K because your business has to be running clean. It has to be running efficient. Otherwise, a few things are going to happen. One, you're going to bring on reps and maybe they suck. Okay. So now you just took a big dip and then you bring on another one. Maybe they suck. Dang it. Now I'm back in sales, but now I kind of am rusty because I've been out of it for two months. Yeah. And it's this endless cycle. It's like, holy smokes, am I ever going to be able to give up sales? And it's like, yeah. well, if you're doing it efficiently, you shouldn't be taking very many sales calls. No. Sales should be 10% of your business as far as time allocation goes, mm -hmm. right? Because you're so efficient in what you do. But typically, typically what you'll see is like someone bringing in a sales rep and just handing over their sales completely. Mm -hmm. Like, don't don't do that, no. right? Typically, and and this is this is just industry standard. It doesn't matter what space you're in. You're looking at a ratio of around about it's probably more about five to one now. You're gonna have to go through about five reps to find the one mm -hmm. that is going to produce results for you. That's like that's not like us, that's industry standard. Like I've been in recruitment for over a year and a half. That's the metric. So you, your expectation needs to be managed with that fact. So if you then just bring someone in and hand over your sales to someone 
you've already lost. It's so risky. And the, the, the other portion of that too is as a business owner, the KLT, the no like trust, right? Like that's, you're the face, you're the message, you're the voice that they're hearing day in and day out. You're the reason that they got on the call. Okay. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we have closers, we have reps on our team, we have reps on offers and I'm not against it. It works very well in certain very specific situations. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you have to be able to sell your program as a business owner. If mm-hmm. you, if people know, like, and trust you, they get on the call and they still are not signing up at a high rate. Right. And I'm talking 70% plus as a business owner, 60 to 70%, right. Healthy 50% as a business owners. It's, it's okay. Right. It's just okay. It's if just you that. can't sell your own product, there is a leak in the bucket. There's a leak in the system and we don't know where it is just yet. And you're handing over a leaky, faulty system to someone who's not you. They don't have the no like trust factor and they don't know your program to the capacity that you do. That's a recipe for disaster. It's a really good point. A really, really good point. Like if, if you can't sell it, how, how can you expect someone else to sell it at that rate? It's your baby, your, I mean, it's your product, right? Yep. You ask for the impossible. Tony Robbins can't sell his product. Or like any business owner in the world, like they can sell their product, right? Yep, exactly right. And and again, think about it logically. Like if I can't sell it, like why would a complete stranger be able to sell it better than you? Like they, they, they just shouldn't. And also if you are, and you make a really good point there, it's like that no lack and trust factor, they're expecting you to work with you. So if you have a rep, they have to have a very, very, very good way of absorbing the expectation and actually managing that on the call so that you can, you know, start to create sales it's with someone cool. else selling for you rather than it just being you. It's so again, it takes work. a skill. Exactly. But, you know, five to one is the average. So manage your expectations. So if you are bringing in a sales rep, don't stop selling. Do not stop selling. You're supposed to like give them maybe one call a day, you know, for a little bit of time and then scale them up. Mm-hmm. Do call reviews. Like, seriously, like have a script, do call reviews, daily training yep. is the minimum that you should be doing with a new rep on your offer. Yep. Like, because you'll spend what, four, average around about what, three to 5K on average marketing spend per month. Yeah. Give or take. So, Straight away, if you're handing over your sale to someone new that's just brand new, you might as well just set fire to any marketing spend you got going on. You also, if you're just doing organic, you may as well set fire to your group because <laughs> you may as well, right? I mean, word gets around quick. And if 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 that rep's not, you know, maintaining the standard that you have, then you know, they're just they're just gonna let your clients down. But then word gets around your community very, very quickly. It's a risk. Just don't take it. They have to be under a microscope. Yeah. You have to be stable with a stable MRR, monthly recurring revenue, where you're comfortable, your bills are paid no matter what, right? Mm -hmm. Even with a bad month. And you're getting a high cash collected on top of that for new contracted revenue. You have to have stability, have to keep them under a microscope. And, you know, you, you have to have the right nurture sequence because when it's no longer you, People are going to show up less. They're going to close less. So that's why, you know, here at C4F, that's what we've created is an entire nurturing sequence to warm them up step by step from the day of the, from even before the call is booked, right? In the Mm -hmm. DM sequence, 
all the way up to when the actual 60 minute call is taken or the sales yeah. call we call it a 60 it usually is about 30. Yeah. Um, maybe we should change that but yeah regardless that entire sequence is absolutely crucial so like those are like the three big steps to bring on a, a you rep. you really need to be extremely competent at sales because how can you teach someone else how to sell if you're not really good at it right and so you now have to be the leader because now you have people under you that need guidance, training, mm -hmm. support, coaching. Like you need to be able to kind of listen to their calls and just go, these are the things I need you to work on. Yeah. You know, and you need to be able to develop someone underneath you. So if you don't have that skill or you don't have confidence and conviction in yourself to be able to do that, don't take on a rep. But again, it comes full circle. It all comes back to sales. Yeah. You know, if and I'm just going to say it. Like if you're in the fit pro space, oh, I know, right. But you, you need to be selling a package between four to six K like minimum is what you should be selling at in my personal opinion, because you're not going to bring in enough money without it. And your delivery is going to, is going to swamp you at anything less than that. And so it doesn't become a profitable business at scale. Once you start to kind of wrap that up. So you should be, Minimum of four to six, you should be a good percentage of those should be paid in full. Like a good 50% plus should be more than more than paid in full. Must be. Because otherwise, if you've got everyone on a payment plan paying 200 bucks a month, you are done really quickly. But think about, think about a sales rep, right? They are not going to earn enough money if you are not, if you don't have an offer that's at least that price tag. Because it's not worth it for them to stay there. And if you don't know how to develop them and you don't know how to train them and you don't know how to get them up, they're not going to make enough money. So they'll leave you as soon as they came on. And then you're back to square one and then your, your beach vacations are over. And it just yeah. comes back to, you know, it, it's like when he says four to six K, like have your down sales, of course, but your, your flagship program, what you're selling should be at at least that 4K mark. We tell everybody that, right? Mm. Your 12-month full coaching should be at least 4K to make it a viable business. And you should be selling mostly 12 months, right? Mm. And if you do, if you're efficient in what you do, right? You're, you're booking an adequate amount of calls and you're closing a good percentage of them, right? Your show up rate's high. Everything's functioning well. Then you get to become the CEO, then you get to start making more high level decisions and delegating to people under you. And then you get to, you get freedom. That's freedom. You don't get freedom at 10 K. You don't even get it at 20 at yeah. 30. You're bringing in give or take, right? These are rough figures. 30 K after all expenses. And, you know, obviously this is going to be a very rough figure because I don't know what you're spending on your mortgage your house or this or that. Right. Give or take, after all personal expenses and business expenses, with thirty k a month, you should be bringing in fifteen to twenty thousand, right? Right around if, half. If your cash collected is high enough. <laughs> if it's yep, and if 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 you know fifteen thousand dollars a month after all living expenses are paid, that's just fifteen that goes right to your bank. That's a really good life. Okay, you can aspire to go higher than that, and that's great, but it becomes less stable and there's more yes. work. It's like yes. that that concept, Sean, of like. We talk about this. You you have to find that threshold between my stress is down here, my income is here, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Okay, do I want more income? Great. Now it's up here, but my stress just went up here because I hired six more people. Yeah. Does it balance out? Yeah. I mean, you tell me. No. I mean, what? 15 to 20K probably puts you in the top, what, 10% of earners in the US? I 
think like, it's like the top one. Maybe 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 five percent, something like that. But yeah, it's like create a business that makes you happy, not stresses you out. Yep. Like if you're earning fifty, if you're taking home. 15 to 20 K per month. There's not a lot you can't do with that kind of life. Right. And with, if you had one closer, you had a VA, you know, you had a DM, like there should be like minimum amount of people. You can make that kind of money, minimum stress, great fulfillment. I enjoy what I do. Life's good. Why would you, you know, need to do more than that? So I think what we're saying here in summary is get a number, Mm-hmm. but in order to reach that number, you must know your metrics. Right. Like you yeah, must yeah. know how I can get to that number every single month, or you buy the house, the car, the lifestyle, and no. then each oh, month no. you're stressed out on this roller coaster, right? Because you have no idea what your business is going to do next month. Now you get a $3,000 mortgage, a $1,000 car payment. It's just, it's, it's, it's a common thing though, right? And this is coming from maybe like my business background, my, but like, it, you have to create a sustainable lifestyle, a sustainable lifestyle, which leaves you at a good moderate level of stress. I think some stress is great. Totally stress-free sounds boring, right? Mm-hmm. Moderate stress where your income level allows you to do all of the things you want to do and then still save for the future. Yep. And if you can live that lifestyle, I mm-hmm. promise like for your business, you're going to thank yourself so much more because you're going to be able to do the hikes, the, the, the cruises, the vacations that you can go here and here for the winter and the summer. Like you can do all of those things because you've created that CEO status for yourself. You're yeah. no longer the employee. Yeah. Right. But you've got to step one, get really good at sales. <laughs> Everything comes back. Yes. Step two, build a team. Once you're really good at sales, but you can only build a team based upon some of the key principles that we've spoken about. And there's so many more things that if you're making a first hire, there's so many things that you, you haven't even considered yet. Um, And again, you can find out the hard way or you can just pay your ignorance tax and get someone to help you. But ultimately when it comes down to it, get really freaking good at sales, right? Because that's the foundation for your entire business. And then that affords you the luxury of bringing in your first hire, yep. but you can't lead a team unless you are really good at what you do. Yep. Don't be that, that, that business owner that just outsources everything immediately because I promise you, you will fail. And, but, and it's like that business owner that's out of touch, right? Yeah. I've worked for people. I'm sure everybody here listening has, I've worked for people who haven't done the job in a very long time right? Yeah. There's no boots on the ground. They have no idea what a day in the life looks like. You know, like this was back when I was like, you know, when I was doing nursing and things like that, like you have to, you're, you're never going to get the respect of your, of your peers and your um, employees without knowing what it's like to actually do the job. You should be able yeah. to do every single job in your company and do it competently, right? Yeah. Are you going to be the best? Maybe not, right? You might bring in a VA that's kick ass and they, you know, they're, they're mm. way better than you ever were. That's great means you did a really good job teaching them and then empowered them to learn more than you. That's Mm. a good business owner. But again, like, you know, one step further is that first high you make, you'll not know what you're looking for, right? You'll not know how to interview. You'll know what, what questions to ask, which, which really kind of gives you the confidence to bring them in. Mm -hmm. And 
in this space, like the high ticket space, like people on 1099 sales, like Mm -hmm. don't expect a rock star from the beginning. Just don't. So this is why step one, you need to be really freaking good at sales because that first person you bring in, you need to develop. Like you need to be able to teach them how to be as good as you. So if you're not great, I mean, truly great, how can you teach anyone to do what, what you want them to do? And, yeah. and when something goes wrong, how, how do you know how to identify what's wrong so you can teach what needs to be right? Or even know that something is wrong. Because a lot of people, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of just like look and be like, ah, yeah, this is just the way it is. Like, this is what my business coach taught me. And then we come in and we're like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> you're booking 150 calls to get no. 30 grand. We're like, well, our heads are exploding, right? Yeah. Like, and I've seen it, by the way, guys, yeah. 150 or more calls for 30 grand. Yeah. And then we've got people doing it in 15, 15, yeah. 12, 12 to 15 calls. It's, it's anyway. I don't want to ramble on here about the data uh, because I will get myself on a soapbox. So Sean, thank you so much for, for, for hopping on here, for absolutely dropping a ton of knowledge bombs. Um, guys, Sean is an absolute professional at what he does. I don't think there's many people out there in the entire world that are as skilled um, as this man right here. So thank you for hopping Appreciate on. Thanks, man. Obviously, if you guys have any questions, um, I, I think the recurring theme that uh, that you probably heard here a few times was to get really good at sales. So if that's something and you, and you feel like you're at least curious enough uh, to look into that first step, you want that beach vacation, you want the the CEO status, you know, 50 or 80 percent of the time as opposed to four percent of the time, reach out, book a call. We can do an audit. We can at least tell you if something's broken or not. And you can decide, to, you know, where to go from there. Okay. So again, guys, thank you. Appreciate you all. And we'll talk soon. Awesome.